1: All right. Well, hey. Good morning again, church. For those of you guys who don't know, my name is Mark Hyde. I've been the intern here for the last year at Community Gospel Church. Um, Along with me and my friends, whenever he gets up to his little podium, I got Pastor Jordan Muck with me and Jonathan Eckberg. Uh, For the past about two months or so, we've been going through the Testify series. In other words, how to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, both the people around you and then everyone you impact throughout your entire life, whether it's your own family, whether it's your coworkers, whether it's just people you just meet on the street. How do you share your faith? How do you share the message of Jesus Christ? How do you share the greatest news that people ever hear with them? And um, what we're going to do today is we're just going to have a quick dialogue. We're just gonna, we have some questions that some of you guys in the church have had throughout this past two months. We've had a lot of great speakers come. Pastor Jordan's been doing a lot of the speaking. His dad's come. Jordan's came and taught. Yeah, Jordan, Jonathan came and taught. And we still have Larry Moore coming as well. So we've thrown a lot of information out at you guys and just be able to chew over and, and just, just process over. And if some of you guys had questions, and we're going to go ahead and ask um, these two guys up here just some questions that you guys had um, just in in response to this Testify series. Um, the first one's actually for Jonathan. We're going we're to go right at you. We ain't messing around nice. today. Um, what does it look like, uh, what does doing God's will look like when an introvert, as an introvert, everything inside of me says, don't
0: do it? That's a really, really good question. It was hard um, to read, too. <clears throat> I wrote them in <laughs> That's one of those where it would be really nice if I could sit here and go, okay, here's step A, B, C, D. Do that and you're good. Uh, unfortunately, it's not that simple. It's not that clean cut of if you do A, B, C, and D, you've, you've overcome whatever fear is there and you do what God has called you to. Um, and at the same time, it becomes even more difficult when we, when we think about the fact that God has uniquely gifted each of us for a purpose in this life. He's called us all to the same mission as we talked about last week. He's called us each he's called us all to make Christ known near and far, but how that works in each of our lives is a little different. So that doesn't answer the question, but that's said. just said that's that's okay. So, <laughs> Good question. So <laughs> I should go into yeah, politics. Should. Just talk my know, way around politics. it. We'll get there. No, but but I think as introverts Especially, I think, what that looks like when everything in us is, is saying, hey, don't do this. It really is, and this may sound overly simplistic, but it really is stepping out in faith and saying, God, you're calling me to do this, and I trust that you will not task me with something that I cannot handle. Right? God's not going to call you to failure. He may, you, we may fail at things, and he's going to use that, but if he's calling us to step out in faith and share our faith in a way that's really uncomfortable for us, he's going to give us the strength. He's going to give us the ability to do that. So the the Sunday school answer of you have to step out in faith and do it is really the only answer to give to that. Uh, as an introvert, yeah, every time every time I walk into a situation and God presents me with that and I go, God, I don't want to talk about this right now. Like that's... That's everything inside me. I'm like, this is going to be uncomfortable. I don't really want to have this conversation. But at the same time, I have to trust that if God is presenting me with that opportunity, he's going to give me the strength to carry that out now again how that looks going to be crazy different now, for every do you think person that's the introvert's problem or do you think that's
1: just extrovert as well so i that think i think that could apply
0: it. i think that applies to both introverts and extroverts i think as introverts it's harder for us to step out into that conversation it's easier for an extrovert to start a conversation and and talk whereas for us introverts uh like i want to think through everything before i say it i don't want to i don't want to sit down with you and and just kind of hey here's the idea here's Jesus is God. Okay. Like, I, I want to know what you're going to say back. I, I, uh, it, like I run a lot. That's what I do for exercise. And I have all kinds of conversations with myself while I'm out running. Um, so if you see me Imagine and you like, drive by and you honk and I'm that. like, no idea. I'm talking to myself. I'm having these conversations of, okay, when I have this conversation about this issue what are the questions that are going to come up and how do i answer them how do, what does scripture say what do i do here so i'm i'm going to process these things to a degree that is probably more than is useful but <laughs> but but for the extrovert the extrovert's going to walk into that conversation and start talking and have the conversation so you so just I, I, I just, I, you you just make, make it know jesus
1: that's that's just how you so, think about it here we go
0: <laughs> so so i do think i do think it comes back to Man, I gotta have faith that God's not gonna put me in a situation that I can't carry out His will.
2: In that, you got anything that? No, I was just gonna say uh, I was gonna actually ask because I had uh, I had like a hundred questions when you were speaking. Um, but do you really fight that? I mean, as an introvert, because I'm an extrovert. I mean, was, I'm serious. Like when I go share my faith, I just kind of I just kind of roll. You know, I'm like, okay, well, that's you know, I, I was faced with this, and and so. I kind of formulate that in my head. I'm really bad at stopping and saying, hey, can we pause for a second so I can process what you're saying? I'm not, I don't do that. I feel weird. We're um, <laughs> in the same boat. Yeah, like, oh, so you just said you're an idiot. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, it is what it is. But uh, <laughs> You teed me up, man. Good thing your internship's over. That's right. <laughs> he's all done, baby.
2: I mean, do you really fight it? Do you really fight like I don't fight that. So for me, it's, it's this new ball game. Do you really fight that internal battle where, where you're saying, I I really don't want to do this. I don't want to.
0: Absolutely. That's, that's hard
2: every time.
0: Like, and that's, that's every time I have that conversation because that's just who I am. I would rather sit there and have you tell me a bunch of stuff and let me process it than me to have to actually step out and, and, and speak. Um, and, and it's, that's one of those things that as an introvert God is constantly working in me Constantly putting me in those situations And going okay Jonathan are you going to respond now? Are you going to Are you going to respond to the situation I put you in? And when I fail He puts me in another situation He goes okay you failed last time That's okay Are you going to do it this time? And my prayer is that as I grow And as I continue to mature in my faith That I become successful more often than I fail on that But I'm a work in progress. <laughs> right.
2: You think your prayer life's better than mine? <laughs> no <Next> comment. <laughs> oh, I just want I mean, like if you're processing, you're, you're probably, I mean, I know you pray like, and I'll be honest. Sometimes I forget to pray. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm like, I have so much confidence and I don't say that to be arrogant. I just have so much confidence that I've already probably, I've already been prayed up. Like that's what mm-hmm. I did this morning. You know what I mean? I just, I, I already prayed about it. So. I don't mean it like it's a derogatory thing, but do you think maybe your prayer life's better than mine, which is, which is something I need to think about as an extrovert, is to calm down and, and pray, well, that person's talking to me. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, and I don't think it's a matter of better or worse. Just like in terms of us sharing our faith, it's not better to be an extrovert than an introvert. There's, there's no like, well, oh, if you're this way, you're way better. If you're this way, you're way worse. It, it's just a matter of God equipping us to do the task in a different way. Not everyone is going to respond to an extrovert. An extrovert is, is in terms of relationship, generally a wide person. Like They want to have relationships with a bunch of people and get to know a bunch of people. Introverts want to get to know a few people really well. Some people aren't going to respond to the extrovert going, hey, how are you doing? That's great. You should know Jesus. Okay, now I'm over here to this person. Hey, how are you doing? You should know Jesus. Hey, over here. They want you to sit and talk with them and hear them out. And, 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 Thanks, and, man. And at this, well, and at the same time, some of us introverts, we get into a conversation with somebody. And they're really uncomfortable with us going, oh, that's interesting. Tell me about that. What, tell me about yourself. Where did you, oh, that's, oh, I That makes me so uncomfortable. Now. So, so it's, again, it's, it's not a, it's not a better or worse. It's just, there's a reason, there's a reason that Paul uses the analogy of the body in scripture. Like the hand can't do what the foot can do. The, the foot can't do what the eye can do. It takes all of us, and it takes all of these unique gifts and, and God working in us where we are. Uh, and, and if we're responding in faith, he will use us. All right, next question. What are some things that I can do
1: to reflect Christ? And this is for both of you guys. What are some things I can do to reflect Christ?
2: Oh, man. Practical... Um... You already answered, so does this reparation. mean I have to? Yeah, you got to do it now. I mean. um, some of the things that you can do to reflect Christ. I think, I think one of the things that we struggle with as a church still in America, in, in today's culture, I think we still struggle with this a lot, is uh, who we are in one location is not who we are in another location. I struggle with this a lot, being your pastor. Um, because Sunday morning is the only morning that I will legitimately ponder what to wear. I mean, I just do. because, And it's not because I'm worried about what to wear. I'm worried about what people will say about what I'm wearing. And I'm always worried about um, just people stumbling in that. Like, for example, I have a blue T-shirt, and I really wanted to wear it today. It says I'm about to do something awesome. Um, and I bought it for Bethany when she was about to do something awesome. And uh,
1: So you bought a shirt for your wife, and you want to wear yeah, it? Yeah, it's
2: mine. It's the way it goes. How does that even work? I don't know. Um, Whatever, shook it over it, uh, and, a and a scarf to go with it. There you yeah, go, that's cute, really cool. Um, but like, I, I just I, I wouldn't wear that, you know what I mean, uh, on a Sunday morning. But I'm constantly wrestling with that, and I think what we need to be as a church, especially as people who love the Lord Jesus, uh, is to be consistent every single day of the week. I think that's one of the. Um, the biggest things that we can do to reflect Christ is be the person you are in the dark that you are in the day, um, and vice versa. Be the person that you are in the day in the dark. And we have notes um, that are on your slip, and if you're if you have a pen in your hand, you should probably write that down because it's crucial for you to understand is that that's that's how we reflect Christ is that we become men and women of integrity is what exactly what Paul talked about it's exactly what Peter talked about it's what James talks about it's what Timothy talks about is that you need to be who you are Sunday morning on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and we need to be on point with Matthew 28 of what that says is to go therefore and make disciples of all nations and so you know, it's not just about communicating the gospel to somebody in church. That's easy. You know, it's easy to, maybe not for Jonathan, uh, (laughs) but it's easy uh, in a church setting to say, hey, how are you doing? I'm praying for you, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. But it's harder in, say, a gym setting or a work setting or, you know, wherever you may be to really legitimately stop, pray for somebody. And I think that's how we reflect Christ as Christians is, uh, one, be consistent and two, be transparent. Um, I have no problems telling people when I'm struggling. I have no problems telling people when I'm hurting. I have no problems telling people when I'm upset. Um, and I I think that's maybe one of the catalysts of why community gospel is growing in the way it is, is because I think people appreciate our transparency and they're looking at us going, there's something different in your church. And it's like, no, we're just trying to be like Christ. If that Hmm. makes sense.
1: No, I think so. Do you have anything else to add or did you wrap it up last question?
2: <laughs> no, I,
0: I yeah, what he said. Um but, Ding. I, and I would I would add to that another dimension of that, which is uh how do we respond in our relationships? Uh I, I think it's really easy uh sometimes to say, hey, with this person from the church or this person who I'm talking to, I can, I can be transparent. I can be honest with them. I can tell things, but the question comes for me, like, okay, in your workplace, that guy who works next to you, who just is more annoying than anyone you could ever imagine.
2: That's the guy that works below me. It's your office <laughs> right underneath. It's Mark. I'm under Devin.
0: I'm saying it's Mark. Uh, but, but that's, I mean, that's really what it is. Like, uh, Paul talks about, you know, what good is it if I repay good for good, but repaying evil for good reflects who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ has done. We are all without Jesus Christ. We are all evil. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how nice a person you are without Jesus Christ. You are evil. You are evil at your core. So when I'm dealing with the person next to me who really makes me think they're evil, how do I respond? Do I respond the way that I want to respond, or do I respond the way that Jesus Christ would respond to that person? Um, and and uh, I don't so in know. Reality all comes back to what would Jesus do? Yeah. Get the little bracelet out. Let's go back to the WWJD bracelets.
2: Jonathan and I interpret that way different than other people do because we always throw our name in there, but whatever.
1: What would Jordan do? I can't do that.
2: I don't do that.
0: I can't do that. Only Jordan does
1: that. All right, next question. This one's for for Jordan because you don't have a kid yet. You're getting there. You're close. True. You getting nervous yet? No, you just go with the flow. Wait, you're going to have a kid? He's going to have a kid. (laughs) Do you know you're going to have a kid?
2: How'd that happen?
1: (laughs) Well, we don't want to talk about oh, that. Talk about we don't that. want. To, we got some kids whole different sermon series. In so we're going to ask Jordan this one: What are some things you do with your kids to communicate the gospel?
2: Oh man, this is so funny. Crean just said this the other day. She said, I, I, "I'm sure you saw us on Facebook, Bethany's Facebook." She said uh, she was talking to to Bethany, and she said, "Mom, I can't accept Jesus into my heart because I ate too much." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus lives in your stomach.
2: <laughs> Who says that? You know, like. Well, yeah, that makes sense. She's full, which she's never full. Um, what are some things that, that we can do to, commu- that we do to communicate, uh, the gospel to our kids? Uh, I think it goes back to your last question, which is, are we transparent? Like with my kids, I am so adamant about just being the person who I am, um, in the dark and the day and, and without them and with them and, um, some of the things that we do, uh, and I've said this before, you guys have heard this a hundred times, but parents, this is so critical. And I hope that we stick with this as, as, uh, uh, parents. Um, but one of the things that we do is we have devotions with our kids every single day. Um, we have a little devotional, we have a little book. Um, that's how Korean and Johnna kind of catch on to some things, you know? Um, so when we look at uh, what, what we do at night. Uh, there's no television set. There's no television set in my room. There's no television set in my kids' rooms. Um, I'm serious. If you got, if you got TVs in your kids' rooms, throw them out. Um, I, I'm sorry. That's probably not really, you know, uh, sitting well with you or whatever, but, but that's my time with my kids. Um, and, uh, we go through devotions. Um, we ask them if they want to pray for for people. They never, they never do not yet at least. Um, <laughs> We pray for them. They hear us pray. We, we pray audibly. They hear what we're saying. Um, and then, you know, we sing uh, to our kids. Corinne's at the age where she has like six songs before she goes to bed and you're like, holy cow, this is like a worship service before. And it's really putting your mindset in the right place because, I mean, she makes you sing, Jesus loves me. She makes you sing, uh, God is so good. Jesus uh, loves the little children. Jesus died for all the little children. Amazing grace. And you're like, can you just go to bed? Um, but I forget that, like, that's even if he's, even if I'm singing to her, I'm also singing to my Savior, and that's something that she's picking up on. And she's realizing that, that dad has a relationship with Jesus Christ and mom has a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the hope and prayer is that someday she will have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So devotions are a huge one. Uh, the second thing is we always eat a meal together at least once a day. Uh, usually that's dinner for us. That's where our kids learned how to pray. Um, and John is still kind of learning. Uh, but honestly, there's been so many times where I've just wanted to bring the devotional book uh, from the night and my kids' prayers from the table into our congregation because they're so simplistic and so pure. Uh, and they're theirs, but at the same time, they're learning about their relationship with Christ because they're listening to mom and dad. Um, so I think those two are, are huge. Um, the other thing is, uh, we put our kids in some settings uh, that are uncomfortable for us. For example, uh, there's a park across from the Potawatta Zoo. <laughs> I don't it's a great zoo, let me tell you what. Um, and it scares me to death to let my kids play in this 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 park. I mean, it just does. Like, it's usually overpopulated, and there are some things in there that will kill children. And my daughter has no fear whatsoever, so she's just like... Um, but uh, I was visiting a buddy of mine in Ohio. His name's Mark, and we were talking about our kids. And he's, he lives, like, in, in this big city of Ohio, He's like, well, we take our kids to the splash pad in the middle of the city and we just kind of let them run around. I'm like, well, how many people are there? He's like, I don't know, like three or four thousand kids. You let your kids run around with three or four thousand kids. He's like, Yeah, what's the worst that could happen?
1: Dad of the year, right there. Right,
2: you know? And uh, he's like, Jordan, you have to understand that there's two things that happen when I drop my kids off. One they get an understanding of what the world's like and have the ability to ask questions when we eat. And then two, I get the opportunity to minister to the community because my kids are in the community. And that's all, that always kind of just resonated in my heart because now when we go to the zoo, I'm like, I'm kind of pulling the introvert card and I'm like, God, I'm not going to that zoo. <laughs> or I'm not going to that park, you know. And it takes everything I have inside me to go to the park but to let my kids play and to let them see how the world is, to let them ask questions openly and honestly, and then respond to them uh, based off of what God's word says, I usually try to, I, I fail at it a lot, but I usually try to respond to my kids on what the Bible says and not what dad's opinion is.
1: So, Yeah, yeah I, I know for me, um, going back to... You have kids too? No, I no, am I'm a kid. We, we don't have a kid, do we? I have, I have 45. I got 45 in clubby. That's as are <laughs> my kids. Right. But for my mom, how, how you were saying, you are in the... What is it? Do in the dark that you want to be in the light or whatever. Do in the dark
2: what you... Um be in the dark who you would be in the day. That, be in the day who you are in the day.
1: And, and my mother was that way. My mom was that way. She would wake up about an hour or so before she went anywhere and always do her devos. And I, I never knew it, but she would always read her Bibles at the kitchen table, have her coffee, her her stuff out, her, her daily bread. And I didn't know it until I was 16 and I started going to play basketball at 5 in the morning. I would walk out and she's just out there reading her Bible. And I'm like, how long have you been doing? She's like, ever since I've been married. And, and for me, as a 15, 16-year-old, uh, 17-year-old, still trying to figure out what the world is, even though I'm not a little kid, my mom still is going back to the scriptures. She still needs it, and she's, I call her old, but she, she's, she's still, she's showing me that no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what part of, part of life she's in, I mean, she was a Christian school teacher, we've always been involved in church, she still goes back to the Bible, and, and she even taught me from, from, a little, from when I was a little kid, where it's like, you read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll... Grow, grow, grow. So, so I know for my mom, for, for me, was a big impact in that. So, so even just having your kids see you, read their, see you read your Bible can make them want to read their Bible as well. So that's, that's what did it for me. Yeah,
2: and it's, it's a challenge because it comes back to bite you in the butt. Because the other night, I was so tired and I was hungry. Um, when I'm tired and hungry, I need a Snickers bar or something because it's bad. Um, you and Kareem would not put on her PJs and uh, I mean I am, I am ira- and finally I just snapped and I said "Great, PJs! Daddy you yell at me you need to apologize right now <laughs> whoops no
1: she's not going to be an introvert
2: you know I mean it does it comes back to haunt you because you're striving to be like Christ and your kids are really really good at letting you know and you fall short of that
0: <laughs> it is what it is thanks for the encouragement <laughs> You're great right.
2: I look forward to this. It's horrendous. Well, that's
1: why Nicole and I love working with kids because they're like adults, but they tell you what's on their mind. Right. Like, you know what they're thinking.
2: And they're you know mad. what? This is a hard thing too for us because uh, Bethany teaches a lot of little kids piano um, and kids will cut to your heart really quick. We know just, this just happened a, a little bit ago, but kids will tell you about, so here you go. Parents, you know, and stuff. Kids will tell you about their parents. Um, they're like, well, we're not coming to church tomorrow because we have this. So they see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, they get it. They understand. And what you sacrifice for a for a child, they pick up very, very, very fast. And they realize that it's okay then for them to make that decision to sacrifice as well. So, you know, Christ is in everything, but we want our kids to really see him surface on, on all levels too, which is... And like I said, it's all going to come back and bite us in the butt because they're going to turn into teenagers and then they're going to be running around the church and they're going to be like, remember that sermon you preached on kids? Thanks. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right, hey John, this was coming back to you. How do you talk with someone with a mental disorder, whether it's schizophrenia, bipolar, all the other various... Great question.
0: Yeah. Um, It's very difficult in that situation because... I think a lot of times we want to take that and say, well, because of this situation, um, I, I don't, I'm going to speak the gospel differently because they don't really understand or they don't, um, they don't get what's happening. And whereas there is some truth to that, I always come back to the fact that the fallen world's effects on uh, our brains or on our, our development does not negate the truth of scripture. So, even in the midst of those things, there is a a need for the gospel. And I think, I look at it and I go, I think the presentation there is very similar to how we should be looking to share the gospel with anyone else. It's, are we able to keep this message simple? Understandable? Understandable? Clear concise, um, or are we getting lost in these secondary issues are we trying to talk our way into something but I think the key the key there is again uh, kind of what we talked about last week can you write the gospel down on a three by five note card if you can if you can do it that simply then anyone is going to be able to understand it uh, Romans one uh, Eighteen through twenty says that God makes Himself known to all men, so that no one is without excuse. So, to me, that covers wherever you're at, whatever issues come up in your life, whatever um, whatever illness is there, whatever may keep you from from having what most people would call rational thinking. And so, um, so the. The gospel and the consequences of knowing or not knowing the gospel apply just the same. So, again, we, we go to them with biblical truth. We go to, uh, to that situation with, hey, I, I, I'm not sure how much of this you're going to understand, but, man, God loves you. Without Jesus Christ, you're, you're fallen, you're sinful, but because of what Jesus did on the cross, you can be forgiven. That's really all there is to it. And, and I know for me personally, I, I, I kind of touched on this last week, but I, I have a tendency to, to move into, you know, I want to go into the deep theology of it. And, well, if you do this and this, and we're going to talk about double imputation, and we're going we're gonna to talk, talk about... Did you
2: say devil amputation? Double in, imputation. I, I have forgot. no idea what that double even means. Double imputation. What is double imputation? Uh,
0: yeah, and that's, that's the whole point, right? Like, <laughs> why would...
2: I did not pay for that in seminary. But that,
0: but that question, that's, that's the whole point. Because we can make things so much more difficult than they need to be. But uh, particularly when we're dealing with, whether it's children, whether we're dealing with some kind of developmental issue, uh, mental illness, the gospel is still true. The gospel does not cease to be true. So we have to come ready to share that. We have to come ready to, to be honest. To, to say this is what scripture says. But we don't have to make it difficult. We can say that simply.
2: Larry Moyer always says, be clear, be clear, be clear. And he stole it from Hayden Robinson, which is uh, just a, a really classic uh, guy who wrote a lot on preaching. But be clear, be clear, be clear. And, and just make the gospel clear. You know, It doesn't matter who you're talking to.
0: I saw the thing, and this came out a couple of years ago, but uh, there was a challenge of uh, could you, this is for those of you who are, uh, you know, do the, the whole Twitter thing, um, could you tweet the gospel? 140 characters. Could you tweet the gospel?
2: I did it the other in, day in, in, a no and, day the, day in challenge. 140 daily. characters.
0: And, but that's, that's what it takes. And that's, you can do it in 140 characters. Be pretty tough. I'm
2: gonna tweet that. You can do it in 140 characters.
0: All right. Now, Jordan, you've already
1: answered this one um, for for the most part, but I'm still gonna ask this for both of you guys. Um, But what is one thing that you think is crucial for preparing to share the gospel? Not just doing it, but preparing to go share the gospel. You've answered this a little bit, but
2: man, that's hard. Um, Because I'm with you, John. I think I want to make it more. Uh, more harder than it is. Um, and I, here's how my mind works, okay? I don't know if any of you guys are, are in this boat, but this is how my mind operates. I always think if I don't read my Bible, then Jesus hates me. I just do. I've always thought that way, you know? Or if I miss prayer, um, I'm going to eat something, and then I'm going to be contaminated with food poisoning because I forgot to pray for my food. I, I, just, I, I think the absolute worst... Um, I mean if you got up with me at 4:30 in the morning you would you wouldn't ha- you would not want to have that conversation because it's so uh it's so bitter and harsh like it's almost like that's when satan attacks me the most and you guys are like duh satan attacks at 4:30 go back to bed you know <laughs> um, but uh but the thing that I've learned in in preparation is the way that I speak back to myself is the way that I speak to others, which is the best way to prepare for um, for any type of evangelism, any type of sharing your faith. So, for example, when I get up in the morning and, and I say harsh words to myself, I finish the devil's sentence with, but you are this in, in Christ. Uh, if I miss time in the Word, I will finish the devil's sentence, which is, you're worthless because you missed reading uh, the Word of God. And I'm like, you're right, I, I did, but this is who I'm a more than conqueror in Christ who loves me, you know? Um, and that preparation comes from being overcomers. And I think to be an overcomer, you have to get to the point in place where you're always prepared to give an answer. And by being always prepared to give an answer, it means you spend time in the dark and by yourself with who you are going to be, uh, every single day of the week. So a lot of my preparation is, um, after I've spent time in the Word, after I've spent time in prayer, after I've spent time in some sort of theological conversation with Jonathan that's lasted for long periods of time, um, where I'm like, this doesn't even matter, uh, is that that last prayer is, Lord, help me to use what I just learned uh, in communicating with somebody else. Uh, Every sermon that I hear, help me to use what I just learned to communicate this to somebody else. What I just read, help me to... Uh, use what I just learned to communicate this to somebody else because I think if you can teach something to somebody, you have learned it twice as much from just learning it yourself. Like Jonathan said, there's there's if you can tweet that in 140 characters, then you know that's one thing. But to actually be able to teach that to somebody, you know, gives fuel to continue to communicate over and over and over again. I hope that's that's clear. Um, but yeah, I mean. It, I'm trying not to give the Sunday school answer of read your Bible, read it every day. Tell the world I've that Jesus that is the time. way. The Lord is soon returning. There is no doubt.
1: We don't have kids yet. Be we don't. a missionary.
2: God's a missionary. Be a missionary today.
0: Very nice. Very look at that. Anything you want to add? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have some of the same struggles that Jordan has in, in the fact that um, at, at the core of who I am, I am a legalistic person. I, I read my Bible and I pray because that's what God wants me to do. That's a struggle that I have had um, my entire Christian life, is constantly battling that, that thought of, well, if I do this, it, you know, God's going to love me, and if I don't, God's going to be upset with me. I, I know that's not true in my head, but I, I don't always act that way. So, uh, to me, I think the key to being prepared to share the gospel Is Man, I, I come back to over and over again It's understanding The depth of the gospel And what I mean by that is I, I, I grew up in a Christian home I have Christian parents I was a good kid Never got into a lot of trouble And committed my life To being who God wanted me to be I mean wholeheartedly At the age of 18 and since then, I've, I've grown and I've matured. But I lose sight of the fact of how lost I am without Christ. And for those of us in the church, I think that happens to us a lot. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to speak for you. I'll just speak for me. It happens to me a lot that I go, I know the gospel. And I know, again, I know in my head that without Jesus Christ, I am utterly and completely lost. There's absolutely nothing that I can do on my own that is of any value whatsoever in this life. Nothing. But because Jesus Christ sacrificed himself on my behalf. He died, not he died to take away the effects of sin for me, for me personally. I mean, he did it he did it for you too. Right? But he did it for me. And I lose that sometimes and I start thinking, "Hey, you know, this Jesus stuff is really good. You should know about Jesus. You should probably have a relationship with Jesus. But if I truly understood how lost those people were, if I truly understood, if I grasped even a little bit of their actual need to know Jesus Christ, how would I be able to keep myself from sharing the gospel? There's no way I could, but I failed to realize it. I have all this knowledge in my head that doesn't break through to my heart. So, uh, yeah, I, I go back to, if man, if, if, I, if I got on a consistent basis what Jesus Christ did for me, evangelism's easy.
2: It really is. Well, I think the hard thing is to, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, what people think about you matters. Like I, I don't, I don't care if you're me or Jonathan or whoever. What people say penetrates deep. I mean, it really does. It and what people think, man. We as Christians, we will eat that stuff up. Even in the church, like it's one of those things where if you have somebody who you look at and you go, that guy or that girl is really, really spiritually mature. Instantaneously, the 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 bend is. To please that person and not please Jesus. And with your question, Mark, what do I do to communicate the gospel? I have to know who Jesus calls Jordan. And I have to please Jesus first. Which is the hardest thing being a pastor of a church. Because it is never popular to please the Lord. It never is. It, it, just, it, it never is. It's, it's never easy. When you go to communicate your faith to somebody... I don't care if you're Billy Graham or Billy Bob, you know, or Hillbilly, which is Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton mixed together. I learned I learned that on Facebook the other day. Very um, nice. That's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, I don't know why I had to throw that in, but it's really funny. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of people are like, oh, going to get nice. emails. Oh, you know. You're going to get phone interview. calls. You know. Well, Bill's going to call me, so whatever. Bill um, well, Clinton listens to the, to the, our podcast. To me sure a lot. Uh, but it doesn't matter who you are. We have to be really careful in our preparation with delivering the gospel to make sure that we're really... Our aim is to please Jesus Christ. Our motives are pure. And um, that that's what we're, we're gunning for. Because there's so many times where I've sat down, and if I would be completely honest about it, I'm trying to please this person, or I'm trying to please my wife, or I'm trying to please my kids, or I'm trying to please whatever, but those people who have had the most impact from what I study for the gospel of Jesus Christ are so concerned about what God thinks about them. When they study the word, when they spend time in the word, they're so focused on God's opinion for their life that they don't, they don't know anything else. They're so consumed that This message is so beneficial for somebody else. How can I not share it? How can I not be who God wants me to be? And it's never popular. I mean, I thought about last night all the kids who went to prom. And I thought about all the kids who saw all their friends participate in stuff. And they've heard all these messages from church. And they've heard all these messages from their youth guy. And they've heard all these these things. And they were so overwhelmed with that internal struggle of who am I supposed to be here? And that's when God looks at him and says, I want you to use your gifts no matter where you are, no matter if you're by yourself or together or, or whatever. And how prepared were they in that setting to, you know, be who they were and unapologetic because it brings honor and glory to Jesus Christ. And that's so hard because we just, we just want people to, to like us. For lack of a better word, you know, we want people to to love us and care about us, and so that affects all of our communication. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're, so we're, we're out we're of time, we'll, basically. But can yeah. I Bef- one
0: before, one we, one before we before we quit, just no, no, you can't. No, this is my greatest fear. Not, this is my Mark. greatest fear, though. That's
1: why I want this one answered for <laughs> myself. Push him too. over.
0: We'll, we'll work real quick, but so I- if it's knowing who we are and knowing who God's created us to be, how do we get there?
2: Right. I, I think how you get there is. You spend time picking apart yourself. And see, that's the other hard thing. And I'm glad you brought that up, John. That's the other hard thing is I don't think we spend enough time being hard on ourselves alone, but then understanding who we are in Jesus when we're with other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think people understand how much I pick apart myself when I'm not in public. Like, I think people just think, because this, this is a perception that a lot of people have, like I'm arrogant or I'm cocky or whatever, and probably, if you'd be completely honest, I'm really insecure um, because I'm striving to do what God wants me to do. And that's never, a, that's, that's never a, an easy road. Um, it's, it's always something that's, that's very challenging and very difficult. And you're constantly thinking to yourself, is this the right thing? What, did I do the right thing? You know, you're constantly spending that time in prayer. But I think going back to what you're talking about is you have to spend time knowing who God has called you to be in the gospel of Jesus Christ. A lot of times we say, I know who God's called me to be, but we never use the Bible to back that up. And we never use the gospel to say who we are. We just instantaneously jump to our weaknesses, and this is who I am, and this is where I'm weak, and this is where I I fall short. And, And God says, hold on a second, you missed Romans 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I mean, you missed... Who you are in the family of God, that you're equipped for a purpose, and that you can be who God's called you to be, even though that may not be popular. And I hope that's not you know misinterpreted or whatever, but man, that's it's such a challenge. Because Christian life's not easy. I love what uh, Rocky says. Uh (laughs) I'm gonna quote Rocky in church. But he says he says essentially like life ain't all sunshine and roses.
1: You gotta do the accent.
2: I love it all, sunshine and roses. <laughs> that wasn't bad. That, that was I'm impressed. That's pretty good. But he is, I love that line because he, nobody told me that when I became a Christian. Nobody said, this is going to be the most challenging thing that you will ever do in your whole entire life. Not, not be a pastor, not be, you know, not communicating. This, being a Christian will be the hardest thing you will ever do in your whole life. There will constantly be changes that you have to make. There will constantly be relationships that will have to go. And and new people will come in. And people that you thought were going to be with you for the long haul are going to abandon you. And people that you never want to come with the long haul are going to join you. And it's so challenging but so rewarding because at the end of the day, you look back and you go, whoa, I, I don't even know the person who I was. You know, I, I don't even know who that is, so.
1: Well, yeah, that's all the time we got. So if you can thank Jordan and John with me together, just uh, nailing on with some pretty tough questions that you guys have had. We didn't get through all of them, so you'll have to make some YouTube videos still. That's all right. Like
2: uh, put this on your calendar, okay? I know that you guys have it, but... Um, don't forget, my dad will be here next week. Great opportunity. We're, we're back to preaching next week. Um, and my dad is going to talk about moms and what moms are all about. So this is a great opportunity for you to bring out your mom. Um, bring your mom. Uh, and then uh, the next week, Larry Moyer will be here. Great opportunity for you to be here as well. Bring a friend. It's a good opportunity to bring a friend both morning. Uh, and at the ten service and then at night, um, and then, uh, we're going to start preaching a new series right after that. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to, to get back to preaching again. Uh, we're studying for that too, as well called old school. And we're going to talk about some of, of the distinctions of the faith and what it means, uh, who Jesus is, who God is, who the Holy Spirit is, all these different kind of uh, little pieces in the faith. So I want to make sure that you guys are here for that. Uh, Thanks so much. Um, uh, Mark is done with his internship. If you would just thank him for all the work that he's been doing. And Mark, I'll have you pray for us, and then you guys are dismissed. Sounds good. Uh, Dear God,
1: we do thank you so much just for... For what you're doing here, um, doing here at Community Gospel, where we've seen so many events uh, with East egg Hunt, Fall Fest, all these other things where us as a church body is going out and we're we're making your name known near. And then just seeing all the missionaries that we're supporting as well, and, and then Compassion Sunday as well, just seeing how we're supporting people far. I do thank you so much just, just for this church and what we're doing, but I also do pray for each person in the pew as well and us up here on stage how we're all called to be, we're all called to be missionaries. We're all called to, to, to make your name great. We're called to tell people about your son. And it's not always an easy thing. It's, it's not always—it's um, something we always want to do, but you tell us to do it, and you tell us that you will be with us no matter where we are, who we're talking to, that you will give us the words, and, and you will give us the strength we need to make your name great. So I do pray for each one here that we will be able to share our faith, that we will be able to tell people just just how great a life in you can really be. So we thank you so much for that. Um, Just keep us safe and just help us have a great week and just honor and glorify you and all we say and do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Take care. We'll see you next
0: week. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.